All right, uh, welcome to the Eric J. The Great Podcast Show. Got a special guest on the show today, uh, hip-hop artist, uh, Hybrid the Rapper. How you doing? What's up, man? How you doing, bro? How you doing all right? Uh, for anybody that never um, heard his music before, I'm going to play one of his songs, and then we'll get into the interview. Life was better when I had you I did certain things, thought I had to Then I realized I didn't have to Bad news, I didn't have no dad too Life was better when the homies was around Before COVID and the drugs took the town Before we were slaving for minimum wage We were shooting ball all day, posted in the hallway We didn't see black or white Only Christ and a sacrifice Coming back to life just to get it right Life was better with no needle in your vein Before the toxic relationships came Before the broken hearts and all the pain Life was better, just kids in the rain Regret nothing, shit Show me the way and I'ma smash that reset button So quick the time of year took Went from signing yearbooks to giving weird looks Damn it, son, so much damage done Trying to grow like a seed, so I planted one Where we gon' go when the planet's done? Fuck all the politics, I don't plan to run Keep my head up when I'm fed up I'm just trying to raise the dead up Life was better when I had you. I did certain things, thought I had to. Then I realized I didn't have to. Bad news, I didn't have no dad too. Life was better when the homies was around. Before COVID and the drugs took the town. Before we were slaving for minimum wage, we were shooting ball all day, posted in the hallway. Life was still good before. Yeah, that's a nice song right there, man. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, that's a. That's the opening track on the newest album, and it's the album's actually called Life Was Better, so it's like the theme song. Yeah, I listened to a couple songs off that last uh, project that you just uh, dropped. You know, uh, that one kind of resonated with me because uh, I like um, heartfelt stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah that whole album is, is real, and uh, it's all true stories. I, I didn't, I didn't just do a bunch of fancy rapping on it, you know, like it's all relationship and, and human uh, real life kind of stuff. Like um, I, I can do all the battle rap and the underground and the, and the crazy rapping and the, and the bangers and all that. But for this particular project, I just, uh, I went, I went to some more realism kind of humanistic stuff. Okay. So we'll start from the beginning, man. So uh, first off, tell the people where you're from and uh, how old are you? Well, I, I, I'd hate to uh, get age shame, but I'm actually 43. Uh, I've been rapping. Uh, I'm from well, I'm from a small town in Kentucky called uh, Frankfurt. I'm in between Lexington and Louisville, and uh, my stage name is Hybrid the Rapper. And I've been rapping since uh, really since I was a teenager. You know what I'm saying? So I've been at it for a long time. I just had a lot of different phases over the years. I was in a rap group for a really long time. All my childhood friends, we was called a basement upstairs. We were kind of big around this area in the Kentucky area. And then I ventured off and started doing um, rap rock kind of music with some live bands and stuff. And I also started my own record label um, and had a nice big cast at one time. And so uh, now at this point in life at 43, um, I'm kind of stripped down to like being a solo artist. But over the years, I was like a real heavy collaborator. Like I always had a crew, always had a 
projects with people, whether it was a, a band or a record label or a rap group. Um, so yeah, yeah, Hybrid the Rapper is my stage name. And I, I, I use the term hybrid because uh, I'm a, not only a mix between uh, singing and rapping, but also a mix between different styles and genres. I like to bring it all together. Even a long time ago before hip hop merged with all the other styles of music, um, I was always kind of combining the two, combining rap and rock or R&B and rap or, or punk and rap or metal and rap or spoken word. And, you know, I was always mixing up all sorts of different styles. So that's where I got the, the name hybrid. At. Okay. So uh, when you hear your hometown, uh, what's the first thing that come to your mind when you hear your hometown? My hometown? Um, well, you know, it's a, it's a historical capital, uh, small kind of southern, kind of river-oriented. We're right on the river. We're in between Lexington and Louisville. So when I when I think of that small-town experience, man, I think about, you know, being seen, being known, knowing a lot of people, a lot of people knowing of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you see the same people every day. It's it's a totally different experience than, than Lexington and Louisville or Lexington, Chicago or Atlanta. You know, when I think of small-town, I think of a simplistic living you know um at this point in life you know what i'm saying that the, as the town is right now i feel like it's in a um a tough situation because of drugs and things like that you know like kentucky was like really hit ground zero with a lot of the pill epidemic that eventually transformed into like you know the meth and heroin type stuff so my area kind of got riddled by that a lot so that kind of is a, is a dark cloud. But when I think about my town, as far as where I'm at now, you know what I'm saying? I, I get a lot of love. I get a lot of support. I'm blessed to still be able to have listeners over all these years. Like my town's always supported me, but I've always looked at my town at, as a positive uh, place, you know, um, cause I've always seen it from my, my lens, you know, and I always got a lot of good support and love from my hometown. So I've always tried to give back and, and, and all that to my town, but like, it definitely has room for improvement. You know what I'm saying? Especially okay. when it comes to being uh, sort of riddled by drugs and kind of broke. You know, it's, Kentucky's kind of a broke place. You know, not a lot of whole lot of money being generated. So, um, but it's a cool place. It's a cool place. Okay. So um, kind of uh, describe your upbringing, you know, when you was a kid, teenager, uh, some of the struggles you had to endure just coming up as a kid. In uh, Kentucky, uh, for anybody that ain't never been to Kentucky before, you know. Well, uh, my upbringing was real, real um, uh, sporadic. I moved around a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? I was raised by my mom, like a single parent home. We bounced around from uh, house to trailers to apartments to projects to different cities. I lived in Chicago for a while. Lived in Mobile, Alabama for a while. I always seemed to find my way back to Frankfurt. But growing up, I was kind of a suburb kid, you know what I'm saying? Like a hip-hop suburb kid. Um, I, I was raised mostly on the east side of Frankfurt. Um, I had a wide array of different friends growing up, which eventually led to me and all my homies rapping. Uh, like I had, I was, I hung out with all the hip-hop kids, you know what I'm saying? Mostly we just listened to rap music, played basketball, and chased girls, you know? Like, um, But I had a, a mixed group of friends, white and black. Um, like I said, I was from the east side of Frankfurt, um, and that's kind of known to be a more diverse side of town. 
Um, that's where the university is, Kentucky State University, which it's a historically black college. And that's eventually where I went um, to school and everything. So growing up, I was, you know, a single parent home, poverty, middle, middle class, you know what I'm saying, fluctuating depending on where I was living at, wherever my mom had me. But when I got into high school, I kind of found my place, found my niche, found my homies and stuff like that. But I did bounce around a whole lot. Like I, I was constantly moving and never really settled till like later in life. Okay. Did you have any siblings? Yeah. Yeah. I eventually got, had a sister uh, from my mom and then a younger brother um, from my mom. And then I also, uh, like I said, I was from a single parent home. So I wasn't real close to my dad. He actually lived in Florida. But I do got a sibling. I, ha I have a brother from him as well that lived in my town. And he was actually only three years younger than me. And he he eventually became somebody I made music with as well. Once once we connected and realized that we were brothers, um, we actually ended up making music together, too. Uh, he was actually in my childhood rap group. So, yeah, I got I got four siblings, two sisters and two brothers. And we're all half. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. Uh, Two, two separate families, because like my dad, he was down in Florida, and uh, I had to like reconnect with that side like later in life. Okay. Most, most, mostly raised by my mom. Okay. Uh, what type of activities you was in as a kid? Did you play any sports or anything like that? Man, I was I was glued to the basketball courts, man. That was, that was the only sport I cared about. I mean, I was down to play anything, you know what I'm saying, like baseball, football, whatever, but I fell in love with basketball, man. Still to this day, I play. I play like every other day. You know, like I was a, uh, I was a huge Atlanta Hawks fan because <laughs> in my area, uh, the only team that you could catch on TV was uh, the Hawks because of uh, TNT, and that's all I ever had. So growing up back in the Dominique Wilkins days, I was always watching the Atlanta Hawks, and I, it stuck with me to this day, man. I don't care. <laughs> No other sport, no other team or nothing, but I'm still like a diehard Atlanta Hawks fan because it dates back to my childhood. But yeah, mostly um, before music, I was just out chasing girls with my homies and playing basketball. That was pretty much my humble upbringings, especially back in the 90s, you know what I'm saying? It was like hip hop, listening to music, collecting music, just hanging out with my homies and playing basketball. Okay. So um, did you have anybody uh, close to you or in your family that was involved in the music business? Well, that's that's a cool question. Like, not really in the music business, um, but my mom definitely exposed me to a lot of music. But then uh, later on when I connected with my dad and I always knew uh, the rumors around town, my dad was actually a really good, profound guitar player. And he was in bands in my town back in the 80s and the 70s, uh, kind of like old school 80s um, rock music, you know what I'm saying? But they were actually really well known and really good. You know, they toured, they uh, they were kind of like the group back in the day for this area. Uh, totally different style. But yeah, I think fundamentally I had the music in my blood, man, because my mom's a music lover. Even to this day, she attends more concerts than me. You know what I'm saying? She like loves music, loves live shows, loves to sing. Um, and my dad was like an amazing guitar player. He was like Eddie Van Halen or Jimi Hendrix or something guitar, you know. And uh, so I think I picked up that rhythmic uh, passion subconsciously, you know what I'm saying, to like pursue music. 
But really, when I felt, but really, there's no comparison because I fell in love with hip hop and writing lyrics and poetry, and I'm not sure where I got that from because they, they don't really write lyrics and, and sing. They were they're more like my mom's a music lover and he was a a guitar player, so I don't know where I got the the love for words and hip hop and, and rapping, but music was definitely in my worldview at a young age. And then of course when no, I never had no connections or nothing, you know what I'm saying, growing up. But, of course, all my, my friends rapped. So as soon as I first showed people I could do it, they were all showing me they could do it. And next thing you know, that's just part of something we did, you know. When we were 15, 16 years old, long before everybody had home studios and, and all that, we were just rapping in the car on the way to the club, rapping, rapping at parties with the video camera on us, you know what I'm saying? We was... We was just doing it for something to do, whether I was beatboxing for them or we was making little beats on the keyboard, you know. So I, I definitely got exposed to music at a young age, but it was really off uh, being blessed with these friends who did it too. You know what I'm saying? Like being right smack in the middle of a bunch of a bunch of guys that not only loved rap music and loved different types of music, but they like like to do it themselves. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Nowadays, I don't know if the kids get that experience because everybody's a solo artist, you know, but like when I was growing up, it was all about your crew. It was all about the rap group. It was always about like everybody doing it together. You know what I'm saying? And so so when I was like 16, 17, still in high school, me and all my homies rap, you know, and so I was definitely exposed to the music and creating it at an early age. And uh, it just took me a long time to figure out the equipment, how to make beats, how to how to mix, how to, you know, because back then the technology was so different and expensive. So it, it took me a long time to kind of figure out how to do all that, you know what I'm saying, how to get it together before software, you know. Okay. Uh, who were some of your favorite music artists growing up? Well, in the 90s, you know, there was a lot of dope people to choose from. Um, I was... Uh, I like the big groups, you know, back then. I like the Wu Tang and the and the UGK and the Outkasts and and um, Eight Ball and MJG and all those artists back then. But I really fell in love with West Coast Bay Area music. Um, I got exposed to uh, the underground of like Oakland and Vallejo and all those areas, like E Forty and Mac Dre and Mac Mall and all those artists. Man, DJ Quick was another one that I liked a lot. So like growing up, even though I liked all that mu- other music. You know, uh, Bone and Twister, all those guys. Um, I was like addicted to West Coast. If it was West Coast, I bought it and I collected it and I knew all about it. I was like a historian. To this day, I could just name artists that are so obscure, you know what I'm saying? Because they came and went. But I loved all that West Coast music that was coming out of the Bay Area and then also Sacramento, um, all that kind of stuff. So I was like deep into the Bay Area sound. Even though I appreciated everything, I loved East Coast. I loved Biggie and all that. I loved, of course, I loved Tupac. But then uh, in the late '90s, I actually stumbled upon Tech Nine as well, and um, through Bay Area music because he was put on by like E40 and Yuck Mouth and people like that who were West Coast, and um, he started appearing on a lot of tracks. And then when I heard Tech Nine, it changed my whole thing. He became my favorite artist. You know what I'm saying? Then I started really zooming in on Tech 9 over the years and what he was doing. Um, 
and, and other artists as well. But yeah, man, I was big into the golden era uh, rap music, the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I liked a lot of really obscure groups, but I'm not sure anybody even knows who they are anymore. <laughs> you know, they've all came and gone. They're either dead or in jail or just stopped doing music. You know, a lot of those artists didn't really stay stay for the long haul. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, so, um, kind of uh, walk me through uh, your first time going to a recording studio and recording a song. Like, uh, did you pick it up easy or was it kind of rough patch at first? Oh, man. Um, it took me a long time to ever even find a studio to record in. I actually learned, I actually kind of did the RZA route. Um, when I was starting to learn all my, um, all my friends, me and my friends was all starting to rap and, and write songs together and all that. I actually invested and got some equipment, a keyboard, an analog eight track. Um, this is before digital stuff was even available to, um, you know, at your local music store. Um, and I got a drum machine and a sampler and I learned how to make my own beats and I got a microphone and I learned how to record myself. So, for the first 10, 12, 15 years of my music career, I was just recording myself. Um, I probably had one of the only few home studios in my town. And um, the quality wasn't amazing by any means, but it was it was a low-budget, makeshift studio. And I would invite all my homies over, and I was kind of the producer-engineer uh, character. That's why I say RZA. Um, Actually, watching that new Wu-Tang show, watching their whole origin, it really reminded me a lot of how I was doing it back in the late 90s and early 2000s. Same kind of process, you know, just like really working with old analog equipment and all that. So it wasn't until like mid-2000s that I that I ever got with people and threw some money in on a, on a big studio. Um, when my old rap group, we were called The Basement Upstairs, when we finally really started getting things popping and started doing shows and generating some money and creating a little buzz around our town and we started really being known for it um we we all forked up some money that we had saved from shows and went to a studio in louisville and uh recorded a um you know a better quality album and then we pressed it up you know got a thousand copies and that was a big deal back then you know what i'm saying that was like man we're on our way you know long before streaming and, and social media numbers, like that's what it was about. It was about like going out, passing out flyers, printing out your CDs, selling them out the trunk, selling them at shows, giving them to people. And we didn't know what was going on in California or Georgia. We, it was all about, did your hometown like it? You know what I'm saying? Cause that was the only thing in our, in our reach back then. Cause there was no internet. So uh, yeah, for the first 10 years, man, I was recording myself um, and my, and my friends and just recording on them little analog tapes transferring it over to cd probably nobody heard it unless you was hanging out with us directly you know because we didn't have copies we have a lot of copies or anything so the whole first 10 years of my career was very very underground very low budget very um uh very small in a sense of numbers and and and, and all that but we did make moves eventually. So like our mid 2000s, we we went to a studio. I think that's when we got our first taste of Pro Tools and, and things like that, better microphone and all that. Because even then, there still wasn't software that was very affordable 
for everybody. Only a few people had, you know, commercial studios. But yeah, so I um I was definitely it definitely took me a, a while to get accustomed to going to other people's studio and and doing my thing because I was so used to just being in my own little comfort zone. Um, and even to this day, I still still love recording myself in my in my in my studio here. But now it is a little different. I've uh, I've gotten the confidence and experience where I can go to any studio now, um, and I have four or five that I hop around to, and work with different engineers and all of that. But like I said, from my my generation, my we didn't skip no steps. It, it was, you literally had to do everything from scratch, making the beats, learn learning it. You know, there wasn't no YouTube tutorials. You had to like get in there and clock in and just read the manual and go to town. You know. So, yeah, but I, you know, I'm blessed for that experience because it's, uh, it's gone. Oh, something happened. Okay. There you are. Sorry. My phone went down. Yeah. So, um, are you, uh, as far as your recording process, are you more of a writer or a freestyler? Uh, I'm definitely a writer. Uh, I really enjoy writing the lyrics out. Um, the only time I really get into freestyling other than just, uh, you know, just for fun with, with friends or in the studio. Uh, sometimes I'll freestyle hooks, you know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll make up hooks on the spot and uh, punch in and decorate them and, and cook them up without ever writing a lyric down. But I'm definitely more of a writer for sure. Um, I'm an old school pen and pad type person. I don't write on my phone or nothing. I got, if I could spin this around, I could show you folders and folders and folders of, of, of written lyrics, you know what I'm saying? That That's my first love, man, is, is the just writing it out. Even before I ever wanted to be a rapper, I wanted to be a writer, and, you know. So when I figured out, oh, this is the way to deliver it, I was hooked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, freestyle is fun, and I still do it with my homies. But um, when it's and I'm able to do it, but yeah, I, I ain't in there freestyling songs like that. Okay. Um. So as far as um, would you would you sign to a label if it made sense? Or would you stay independent? Yeah, I like that you said if it made sense for sure. I've had, you know, I've uh, I, I've always wanted to be independent. You know what I'm saying? Um, because mainly like growing up and watching Mac Dre, E40, Tech Nine, seeing how they did it, I always envied that. You know, I love that liberty and that freedom to do whatever. I always wanted to start my own label, which I did. But I mean, if the right offer came, and if it was if it was an artist friendly offer. I would definitely consider it because I know there's all types of different deals nowadays, um, especially where the industry is trying to capitalize on the underground. <laughs> um, but all my experiences so far that I got sold a dream, you know, publishing deals, distribution deals, development deals. I've gotten offered all that stuff from different people. And every time something, some, somehow, some way it ends up being bad, you know, um, I fall out with them. Nothing, nothing comes of it. The contract is 15 pages of ways to screw me. You know what I'm saying? Like I haven't personally had many good experiences with people that would want to like take me under their wing and do something. I wish I would, I wish I would have somebody legit that really believed in me and was a good human being, you know what I'm saying? And really had good intentions. But in all of my years, whenever I've had people approach me, even recently, you know what I'm saying? I've had people approach me recently wanting to do this and that for me. It never really pans out, man. People, 
it's like gaslighting. They just talk a real good game and there's nothing tangible behind it, really. I've had publishing deals where I just wrote songs and gave them the songs and hope for the best. You know, I've had development. Uh, I was offered a development deal where they wanted me to take my whole history down off the internet and start from scratch. Um, I've had people that said they want to be an, uh, an agent for me and book me shows and, and, you know, pub for me and shake hands for me. I've had a manager, you know, that, that did most of the, the work. Um, I've had it all, you know, so I've tried it all. And it, it always, I've, I started my own label with my homie that ended up, we ended up having to dissolve that. So I personally haven't had many experiences, uh, good experiences with people that want to, want to do that for me, but I'm not, I wouldn't say never, you know. Okay. So, so when you was uh, first starting out and you start putting projects out to the public, kind of describe how did your uh, city embrace you when you initially dropped your first project? Like, uh, was they, uh, was it a lot of support or, or how was it? Well, I will, back then I wasn't a solo artist. So I was in a group and like I said, we were called basement upstairs and it was six of us and everybody was really talented. Everybody was well liked around town. Everybody was well known. Everybody had their own style everybody had their own attributes and when we finally had demos floating around and people were actually able to hear him playing in a car hear him at a party man the love came flowing in it was it was it was really cool um it was a great time I and mean, we we became like locally famous in our area you know we bands started letting us come open up for them venues um started letting us come perform. You know what I'm saying? We were, we were getting people that wanted to interview us, people that wanted to work with us. It, it was, uh, we definitely got embraced. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't, there was always some hate, you know, there was always some people critiquing and stuff like that, or just sort of like brushing it off. But on the scales, it was, all, it's always been more love than hate in my area. Even, even to this day, man, even, even as a solo artist later in life, like I just dropped an album last Wednesday it's been nothing but love you know what I'm saying like uh even after all my different phases and everything um so yeah when we when it first happened in them early 2000s and we first started doing shows and all that man it was uh it was an overwhelming response it was it was cool okay yeah that's what's up man so for anybody that doesn't know about the music scene in your city man just describe the music scene from when you first started out up to now, like as far as like all the artists in different areas, do a lot of artists work with each other? Everybody mind their business or how is it? Man, I would say, I would say if, if you was to draw it out like a, a chart, it was like a huge hill. Like there was nothing. It was just a few of us that rap. And then over the years, it started really popping. You know what I'm saying? It got, and it was starting to build a lot of momentum, momentum different crews, different groups different artists starting to do things, being serious. And then like here in the recent history, it sloped back down. Um, I don't see a lot of people really pushing their, their music anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm at 43 years old and I feel like I've had longevity. Um, I've gotten better. I've, I've adapted. I've stayed relevant. I've always created content. Like people know I've collaborated. 
Um, I've done big things, small things. I feel like people have accepted me now. Like they just know, oh, them is Harvard. He's still at it. Harvard still let it. Um, but I'm not seeing a lot of people. I'm not, I'm not seeing the new generation coming up. All the people that was that came up with, when I did, I've, they've gotten families. They're in jail. They're dead. They're passed away. They, they don't care. They retired. They're not into it like it was. I, I feel like, especially after COVID, around COVID, it's sort of, uh, it's sort of like deflated anything momentum they might have had. Now in Lexington, Louisville, it's different. The the scenes are thriving, but in this actual town, man, it's mostly bluegrass cover bands, karaoke, DJs. Uh, country um the hip-hop scene it's not it's not popping like it was let's say seven or eight years ago or even five or six years ago it was really popping then uh there was a lot of great artists a lot of good music being made a lot of a lot of networking a lot of showcases a lot of opportunities but right now at this current moment in history it's sort of gotten a little flat but um there's there's always talent, you know what I'm saying? What what they're doing with their talent, uh, I'm not I don't know. I'm not seeing a lot, you know. I just did a five shows in two weeks. I couldn't even hardly find a um an opening act, you know what I'm saying? I'm setting everybody up trying to get somebody, somebody to come perform. I couldn't get out, you know. Go to Louisville and Lexington, it's a little different though. There's a lot of a lot of bands, a lot of uh, singers, a lot of rappers, a lot of producers. There's more venues, you know. It's college towns and stuff. Uh, but my town's small, you know what I'm saying? It's a small town. So a lot of the talent has given up over the years because they didn't they didn't reciprocate a lot of love or money. You know what I'm saying? They kind of put it on the back burner. I mean, people need that. <laughs> you got to throw, throw people a bone every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? People need to be able to make a little money and, and get some good feedback and get some shows and, and get that local support. And if they don't, they get discouraged. You know what I'm saying? Um, me personally, I feel like that's one thing that always kept me motivated because I always got love. And so I'm, I, I felt like I genuinely had listeners and supporters waiting to see what I do next. And so I felt damn near obligated. Like, I can't just give out. I had all these people investing and you know, voting for me, you know what I'm saying? And really trying to trying to campaign for me and, and, and push and Nah, I got to keep it going, you know what I'm saying? But I don't think everybody gets that. You know, I don't think everybody gets that kind of love. And I think they get discouraged. You got dudes out here that's hella talented. Their own girlfriend don't support them. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if they can't get the, the love around from their family and friends and people like, it's like wishing on a star that other cities is going to support you. So I think that's got a lot to do with it. And then just people getting busy, you know what I'm saying? Having kids, getting married jobs whatever trying new things um but yeah it's def it definitely was nothing when i first started there was no music scene me and my homies had to help build it and then it got really nice you know what i'm saying it got it got to where a lot of cool people was coming out the woodwork and then now it's slow back down okay so uh do you got any artists on your hit list that you want to work with in the future and uh also uh what would you say is your most successful project so far? Man, I would love to. I, I love collaborating, bro. Like if I gave you a list of everybody I want to work with, young and old, I, it'd go on forever. I would love to work with so many people, singers and rappers, bands, producers. Of course, I'd love to work with Tech Nine. 
Obviously, that would be a bucket list. E40, all, all the people that I grew up listening to. Um, then there's people that I just think I can make a dope song with, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, especially singers. There's a group in Canada that I listen to all the time. They're an R&B group. Uh, they're called Always Never. And I always say all the time, man, if I had a million bucks, I'd hit them up. They're like, let's do an old album together. You know, they're just, they're just dope, dope singer, dope production. Um, yeah, there's so many people, man, so many people. I love R&B music, you know what I'm saying? I love Anthony Hamilton. I love stuff like Justin Timberlake, you know what I'm saying? I love R&B pop. I love The Weeknd, people like that, you know what I'm saying? But then when it comes to rap, I'm down to work with just about anybody. If it, you know, if they cool, you know, I'd like to work with some big names. Some, there's a, a ton of underground artists that aren't that big that I'd love to work with. Like on my new album, I, I had 20 features on it just because I'm, I reached out to so many people. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, um, as far as my most successful project, I dropped a lot of tapes, you know what I'm saying? Like I got about 60 albums under my belt. Some of them did well, you know what I'm saying? Some of them I pushed a little bit harder. And made some money off of, had CDs of, and some of them were just mixtapes that I just kind of threw out there. Um, I've had, I had a, a few years ago, I had a really uh, successful album. Um, it was a country rap album. It was a real soulful country rap album that was, uh, I say it was successful because we did so many videos from it. Like we did like 12 videos and they all sort of went right with the album, real, real cohesive, you know. Um, the producer was a musician down in Georgia. He played every instrument on there. He helped me push it. And we got a lot of, lot of love, a lot of money, a lot of views off of it because of the way we pushed it, you know. But um, I think this new album that I got is the same way, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, uh, I've already dropped about six or seven videos. I'm shooting more, you know what I'm saying, every week. Got 20 collabs on there. Um 22 songs it's just a big project you know what i'm saying quality is good um i think all in all numbers wise and attention and feedback and everything i think it's probably going to be my best project just because of the way i'm pushing it but success on albums kind of depends on that like how much how much you sink into it like how, how well do you push it like you can throw an album out tomorrow on a thursday and and it fizzle out by Sunday if you don't push it right, you know. Uh, but if you push it like it's a big event, like I've been doing this one, um, you get more of a response, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I I released six videos before the album ever dropped. Every day I'm posting a song from it. I'm telling stories about the songs. I'm posting content, following up, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm, lay, I'm laying it out slower. But um, yeah, I've had, some, I've had some good, like, and like I said earlier, my old rap group, man, we we sold thousands of copies of an album just in the whole town, you know? So I've had, I've had different levels of success for sure. Uh, but, and I've had a, a song or two that sort of took off, you know, um, my need that hoodie back. Uh, it's a comedy song. I dropped it four or five years ago and it's, it did big numbers. You know, it's, it does numbers to this day. Like people know me for that song, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause it's just a, a funny, funny meme type of track, you know? And to this day, man, I can get on Facebook, say something about that song and people's, you know, chiming in on it because they just remember that being kind of a hit. So, um, yeah, man, different levels of success for sure. And then I've had certain albums that I don't know if anybody listened to them, you know, <laughs> I just dropped them and never really heard much, you know, because they didn't I didn't push them right. <laughs>
So, but I'm hoping this new album is is the one is the classic, you know, because I put a lot of time and energy into it, and I feel confident about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like that. Um, in, in uh, the last project, uh, you just dropped. So for anybody um that know you out um or your fans and things like that, just um say some things you like doing in your spare time when you're not doing music. Man, I'm big into the gym, bro. I'm I'm in that gym every day. Uh, not only for you know for mental and and physical, you know, um, health gives me something to look forward to. So I love going to the gym. I love staying active, shooting ball, getting out in nature. You know what I'm saying? Take a walk, ride a bike, get out of the woods. I love getting out in nature. Uh, more so the older I get. Um, I'm a movie buff. You know, uh, I love anything music oriented. It's like constantly something to do with the music. Like it, it's like a full time job. I, whether I'm making graphics, I'm working on a video, I'm listening to beats, I'm writing, I'm recording. Man, it's it's so many liberal arts to choose from. I I, I stay doing that every day, but. I also work as well, you know what I'm saying? I work on a grounds crew. I, I do, like, labor work. I also substitute teach. Um, so I get all sorts of different avenues, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I like hanging out with my homies, hanging out with my girlfriend. Like, pretty simple life for real. Uh, my son's grown, you know. My son's 21, so he's out doing his own thing. Um, but before that, of course, I like spending time with him, um, travel when I can. Love doing shows, you know, love attending shows and doing shows. Um, yeah, man. And then I study a little bit, you know what I'm saying? I got some things I like to research to study and and, and kind of hobbies and keep my brain working. Definitely uh, got uh, like to study different different literature. Okay. Uh, so uh, what is your uh, short and long-term goals as far as your um, music career? Short term goals right now, man, is to know that at the end of the day, I pushed this new album heavy. That's kind of been my focus. I just I just launched it the other day. I had about five or six shows to sort of push it. Um, now it's all about the promotion, shoot more videos, keep the attention on it. Uh, that's my that's my short term music goal right now is to really use this album to sort of get some new listeners, get some new buzz, but then also show people that I don't took it to another level. And I've developed and grown and evolved a little bit. And man, the long-term goal is just to live long, live healthy, man, live good, have a have continue to have amazing experiences, man. Like um just being happy, bro. Like that's it. If I if I don't ever make it to music, I know I did make make it and make a a dent and make a statement. I've already done that. I've already succeeded in that. Um, if I could make a living off of it one day, that'd be that'd be love. That'd be that'd be a dream come true. Um, but if not, man, I don't mind getting my hands dirty and just working real, uh, real life jobs. Well, my bills is paid. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, hopefully get out into the world, travel a little bit, see the world. Maybe the music's my ticket to do that. If not, man, like, just being happy, bro, and leaving a good impression wherever I go. Okay. Uh so for the rest of twenty twenty two and uh beginning twenty twenty three, man, uh just kinda um list some things that you got coming up that uh you want people to look out for. Well, um I'm I'm gonna be dropping a bunch of new videos the rest of this year. I'm actually shooting four or five within the next two weeks. 
um shows i got a couple coming up i don't know the exact dates but they're um they're there i do have some events coming up um but like i I just now did a small little tour to where i did those four or five shows so i'm kind of taking a break this week and um just getting back to recording and and just pushing the album um but man i got albums on deck man like it's crazy like this album is what i'm working on now but i probably got 10 projects ready to go uh all sorts of different projects you know um so really i'm i'm kind of at a at a crossroads where I, crossroads where I need to decide what what's next for me. You know, I already got the music done, but I got to figure out what's what's going to complement my next phase. You know, what I'm saying what which project to release. So I'll be sort of devising a plan um, as this year comes to an end, as I'm pushing the Life Was Better album, and just trying to figure out what's next. You know, what I'm saying In the winter time I'll kind of hibernate a little bit and just focus on making money and pushing the, the music. But I'll be I'll be sketching out a plan for the next year and trying to figure out what my people want. You know what I'm saying? What the world wants, what my supporters want from me next. Cause I got a lot of different styles ready to go and I just want to see what people are wanting wanting from me. So okay. just devise my plan for next year. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh how do you want people to perceive you? And I want to be a diverse, uh, respected, prolific songwriter. I don't want to be the fastest rapper. I don't want to be the most clever punchline rapper. I don't want to be just another country rapper. I'm, I, I want people to, when they when they see my career, my catalog, I want them to be like, damn, dude was on a whole other level of songwriting. Like, he did everything. He did every style. Kind of how they see, you know, how, how they see Drake, an artist like that. They, see, they don't really know what they're going to get next but they know they want to listen because they know they're going to get something, um, something different and something fresh and new. And that's what I want. I want to go down in history like that. I want people to dig in my catalog later on and be like, damn, this dude was all over the place. Like he worked with everybody. He, he tried every style. He was a singer. He was a rapper. He was a poet. Like he literally did everything. He, um, like, music like is mixed martial arts you know what i'm saying like i got just well-rounded with all of it so that's kind of how i want to be remembered you know what i'm saying i want to be remembered as a hard worker and prolific songwriter you know um okay that's really all been my dream all right man so uh close the remarks man any uh last words you want um that you want to uh tell the people what you got going on and also let people know how to find you on social media things like that yeah i'll just leave it uh well I'll, I'll say thanks to everybody who i've been working with over the years you know and whether i did a show with them or we did a song together you know i appreciate that you know the collaboration and um believing in me and then of course Big shout out to all everybody that's been listening to my music over the years, you know, whether it's local or overseas, you know what I'm saying? Wherever they're from, I appreciate that. I'm grateful for everybody took time and energy. As far as finding me, yeah, man, just hybrid the rapper on social media, any of it, whether it's Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, you just type that in, I'll pop up. And same same goes for uh, the music platforms. Um, I'm on all of them, you know, anything from Tidal to YouTube music to whatever man whatever uh itunes spotify and it's just hybrid the rapper and i got my own website as well you know uh, hybrid the rapper.net um and that's pretty cool you know so it's, it's more of my hub 
I got a clothing store um, and a merch store connected to it, to where they can uh, they can order CDs, clothes. I got a children's book on there for sale. Like um, any support on the website's pretty cool, and of course Bandcamp as well. That's a good place where they can go check out my all my albums and everything. But for the most part, yes, yeah, just Howard the Rapper on all streaming platforms or social media. Okay. Yeah, man, uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast, man. And um, anytime you want to come on the podcast, man, you can uh, feel free to hit me up anytime. I'm uh, Eric J. The Great on um, on Instagram. Uh, okay. So uh, you can get in touch with me faster on Instagram because I actually have to go to another app on my business page to check that because that inbox is separate from my uh, personal Facebook yeah, I'll definitely add you on there, and I appreciate the opportunity, man. It's good to talk to you, and uh, I'll definitely try to get the word out about your podcast, and I hope it keeps expanding and keep on uh, growing. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Uh, I don't have a um, past couple of weeks. It's been uh, growing real big. I know I got uh, this next month. It's probably going to be the biggest month of my podcast because uh, – Oh, next week I got a uh, Shawty Lowe, uh Junior. Um, he was on my podcast, so he's his episode comes out next Monday. And then uh, I just interviewed the Res Deshaun recently too. I don't know if you know who that is. Nah, that's awesome though, man. That's awesome. I thought I, I checked your Facebook out and saw some pictures and stuff with different people. So it looked like he was definitely moving and grooving. Oh yeah, yeah. The Res Deshaun is gonna be my biggest interview when that drops next month because uh, he's a platinum selling artist. So, Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, man. I'll send some people your way if you ever need me to. I definitely know a lot of artists and everything. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate you uh, coming on, man, and uh, you have a good night. You too, bro. Have a good one. Right, you too.